What do you mean? Are we going to sing? <laughs> uh, we could do. If you want, but I just meant we could. We should. We should gather together and be like, okay, we are back. Hi! What the hell was that? <laughs> Hi! Yay! <laughs> It's been a lot of while. It's been a lot of while. Remain, okay. not that remain, do you know that? Do you know when um, Mick Foley's in the ring uh, and he makes that noise? Acha, 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 acha. And then when he became mankind, he added, wee, wee, wee. That's what that reminded me of. Acha, 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 acha. And this is the thing, right? And the bang, um, bang. In the W, I don't know how my levels are here, Chris. But, uh, oh, it doesn't yeah. matter anymore. In the WWF Warzone game, as well as the Player One, Player, player One, one. you also got this nondescript noise that was just Carasa, Carasa, Carasa. <laughs> and so, some one of these days, I'm going to be at a show and I'm going to start a Carasa <laughs> shot chant. And meanwhile, the bully is going to be in the ring going. Asha, 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 asha. Okay. This this is the content these people miss. <laughs> this is the intro. This is the intro. Have, it's have like Jericho. Had, has the theme tune hit? Because that's her Judas. No, 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 no. That'll go after. Right. But, uh, but Jericho would go, Yet? <laughs> yet? Come on, baby! <laughs> yet? Yet? <laughs> oh, man. Whoo! Well, we're back, folks. This is the Wrestling Connection. Play the tune. Come on, everybody, it's time to listen in to an actor and a teacher who love their wrestling. No more division, forget those prejudices. The Wrestling Connection is here with Glenn and Chris. Welcome, everybody, back to the Wrestling Connection. It's episode number 70. I believe, it was, uh, I believe it was Glenn's wife that made the point 69 was a funny number to end on. Uh, we did not do that on purpose. Uh, but listen, as Stone Cold Steve Austin said in 2003, he was running hard, he was running long, no pun intended, I mean, that's what she said, I mean, it's the name, I mean. and uh, and he just needed time, it was the right time and he was done. We were not done, however it was the right time for a break, it just happened organically, we were like, we've got busy schedules and stuff, and I'll tell you something man, see this like, busy schedule malarkey, I don't think it's for me. Mate, see if you're going to make it as an actor or whatever, <laughs> I think you're going to have to be quite busy. You know, because most actors, right, who work part time are already bazillionaires and just like, look at Bill Murray. He just does what the hell he wants. Yeah. Listen, uh, I'm always known as a busy person. Right. But through the pandemic, I wasn't a busy person and nor was anybody else. And it was hard for me to get back on that train. Um, I feel like I'm back there now because the last couple of weeks I've been absolutely mental. And mm. you know what, everybody? We're here to talk about one of the biggest moments of our whole year. Um, and a whole 18 months uh, on this episode, the return edition of the Wrestling Correction. And I just remembered we were going to do our top five wrestling returns on this episode, <laughs> uh, which is absolutely hilarious. Let's do it next week. Yeah, let's do it next week because I don't have my list. And, uh, you know, I just I want to just take a second, you know, because when when we, we when you and I were doing 69, I mean, episode 69... <laughs> If you just think about what the wrestling industry was then, CM Punk hadn't wrestled for seven years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy that we would would you just call Daniel Bryan uh, was a WWE through and through lifer. 
Uh-huh, you know? Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, and uh, the most exciting recent debut was probably Malachi Black showing up in AEW. That was quite a fresh, exciting um, debut. Um, NXT was still the best developmental system for AEW, and, and Adam Cole was the face of that industry. Yep. And, um, you know, NXT only used one color. And <laughs> think how much has changed since then. It's bonkers. Yes, it's absolutely bonkers. And WWE hadn't toured outside of America um, and, well, since November or, or December even of 2019. Mm. Um, mm. No, in fact, there was, a, there was a Saudi Arabia show in February, wasn't there? Um, where Undertaker Ugh. showed up wearing his uh, long jacket and hat and promoted the WrestleMania match with AJ. I, I love how the record will always show that the Undertaker's last traditional match in a ring. He never even took his flipping hat off. I love that. Who, who has time? Who has time to take off your jacket and your hat? Speaking of jackets, by the way, I'm just back a walk, right? Right. Um, and I wore my jacket. Mm-hmm. Can you believe it? I'm not talking like a jacket, like to to match an outfit. I mean, like my my jacket. It's like it's autumn time. It's cold outside. I put on my jacket, my jacket. You know what I mean? We're getting that way again, man. The, the nights are the days of fear drawn in, and. Uh, Right now, Kate and I are dog sitting. In fact, ever since our dog Luna passed away in June, we have, we have, I cannot tell you how therapeutic it is to dog sit because you get the canine company that you love, but it forces you to appreciate that all dogs have different personalities. Right. And it's got us to the point that we're ready for another dog now because we're no, we know that we're not going to project Luna onto them because we're loving all these different dogs for all their weird quirks. And currently, um, um, we're on dog sitting gig number four of the since since Luna died, and uh, we've and it's uh, I'm back into uh, into the routine of like taking a dog out whilst I'm getting ready for work in the morning. Yeah, and it's just pitch black, man. And I don't know why I'm surprised because it does this every single year. You know, <laughs> for years and yeah. years, Chris, you could be sure as sh one t that the Undertaker's gong was going to hit. Uh, I said gong, okay, gong was going to hit at WrestleMania, you could be sure that there was going to be a, you know, like a very, very emotional five-star match from the dead man. And you could be sure that around this time of year in Scotland, the days were going to draw in. Um, and I just, and I know we're going all over the place here and we will talk about this in more detail, but I just love how the WWE comes back to the UK. Our boy Drew gets back to Scotland and he had yeah. the most miserable drink day. <laughs> the whole the whole of Scottish history um for his return. A, a traditional Scottish day for him and his American compadres to 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 reign supreme in the hydro. It was because he posted pictures and stuff online, didn't he? Of him, him doing like the city site what was it called? The sightseeing city tour or something like that. And it's like yes. open top. Have you ever done it before? No, I've not, but I kinda of fancy it if I'm honest. I've, it's actually really fun. I've I've done it a couple times. It's really good. Because there's like pictures of him on WWE.com sitting on that bus and it's like raining. <laughs> and he's like holding the Scottish flag and it's like, that's just a perfect picture. Yeah. But uh, yes, it was lovely to get back to something like that. Um, and uh, actually just this past weekend, I was at a concert. Can you believe it? Uh, yeah, I went to see McFly at the Hydro and it was just the best time. We had so much fun. Um, and and you know the way it was like, I had great, great seats too, where it was like I was the back row of a certain section. So there was no one behind me. And I was Perfect. also on the aisle, so I had lots of legroom. Excellent. And tall was... men like us folks, if you don't know, I, I'm I'm about six foot and Chris is about eight foot seventeen. And uh, <laughs> you know, we value we value the legroom guys our height. We really do. I can't sit in the back of my mum's car. Like there's no space, you know what I mean? So, like I need to 
Can I be honest? You're the only man I know who's taller than me. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I know of other men. I mean, I've, I, you know, we, you know, you know I'm pretty sure there was a few of them in the hydro last Wednesday. But you know, Drew is bigger than me. You Did know? you know what we'll say as well? See, when I was, we were we were arriving at the hydro, and I was like looking for my mate Glenn, and I was trying to find you. Um, I couldn't find you. You said you were wearing a hat, so I was looking for a hat and stuff. But then when I kind of clocked where you were, I was like, he's a tall boy. And I sometimes don't appreciate it because when I stand next to you, like I'm still a little bit taller. A bit, but, but see, from like far back, I know how tall you are. You're a good 6'2". I think so, yeah. I don't know. People ask, Kids ask me my height all the time. Like They're obsessed with it. I'm like, I don't genuinely know. Kate's actually measured me once steady. And, um, <laughs> you know, it's... it's, um, it's I think some men get really defensive about their height and yeah. it's maybe more of a and it's not just an angry wee man thing because men who are tall get competitive about whether or not they're taller than mates i will hold my hands up you are taller than me and i'm cool with that because it doesn't mean <laughs> jack, jack anything to me you know it's not a competition it's not like oh, i'm taller i win it's like i remember when i was like 13 i read hulk hogan's autobiography <laughs> i'm sure that was a good read he was on the phone to Brutus Beefcake or somebody or I don't know, and they they argued on the phone about whose arms were bigger. Hey, brother, there's no way your arms are bigger than mine. <laughs> um, Steady. You know you mean my arms are bigger than me, dude. You know what I'm saying, Jack? Who did about Jack? I don't know who this Jack person is. <laughs> Do you remember? This isn't funny, but it is so funny. <laughs> you think, Vince, that I'm the only gay guy? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was that I was the wrong guy and I was the right <laughs> guy. <laughs> yeah, fine. But I love that because it, you know those like clips online and stuff. It was like bloopers from like the early two thousands. I want to know how they were leaked because that stuff can happen all the time now. But there's you know, of, a you know, like, clip of like Undertaker like um, rehearsing that thing from the Great American mm, Bash where like can, he's Paul Bearer. Yeah, I can tell you exactly how that leaked. Do you know how this is really genius? It's so clever. The 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 reason they have that and the, the reason that there's footage in YouTube of like Triple H and The Rock rehearsing their SummerSlam '97 ladder match is that SummerSlam '97? '98, I believe. Yeah, Re- rehearsing their ladder match. It's because people who were near the building intercepted the la- satellite feed. And what what WWF have always done or, or did for many years was they they switched the hard cam on as soon as they set up in the building, so it was always recording, and so. And and obviously they would film things for rehearsals and stuff like that. And so if you had the right technology and you were near enough the building, and this was actually one of my thankfuls for <laughs> for a few weeks time, um, <laughs> you you could pick up their feed, and that's and that's why there's stuff. Um, and there's there's all all kinds of footage on YouTube of like um, uh, people practicing promos backstage when they just picked up the audio. Um, yeah. And uh, like there's you know people just trying stuff out in the ring. And that even that clip of um, Michael Cole um, saying, "Hey Vince, do you want me to say this again? Because I've already said it an in- load amount of times." Oh, okay, sorry, sir. Sorry, sir. Yeah. Um, yes, sir. And uh, I, that... I like the one. I like the one where uh, they're about to play the My Sacrifice tribute, and JR says, <laughs> JR says for the eight thousand time, Creed. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's and that's just clever technology. It's the same reason how um, like. People used to be able to sat, hijack satellite uh, TV stations, uh, both in the UK and the US, and intercept broadcasts. That's there mental. It's happened loads of times in America. Like you know, there's a zombie warning and stuff like that. Like people have. Uh, there's loads of YouTube videos that go into that. But no, that was one of my what. What a for in wrestling this week. Oh yeah, that was That's... that was one of mine. Was the satellite um, hacks? 
arrested. Well, I mean, if we've got more to say, we can go into more detail about it. We can do it down the line, you know. Um, but listen, yeah. I, I remember watching that Undertaker clip when he was like rehearsing Barry and Paul Bearer in the cement or whatever it was. Great American Bash 04, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because he was like dead man again. And uh, I should remember watching that when I was younger. Not really had seen that pay-per-view much, you know, um, mm-hmm. not really remembering what had happened and just being so confused. Yeah. Like, why are all the lights up? Why is Paul Bearer in full suit but Undertaker isn't? And he's, like, rehearsing and he's, like, asking someone, he's, like, do you want to do it again? And I'm just like, what's happening? It wasn't like, a, oh, my God, this is leaked. I was just more confused than anything else. Well, you know, I'm sure you know this about the Great American Bash 2004. I remember reading about this at the time in Power Slam, and it just blew my mind that the the audacity of the WWE that they would do this is that, um, of course, you know, Percy Pringle, Willie Moody wasn't in that cray. So they filmed all the close-up shots of him in there before the pay-per-view, and it was a stunt double that was in there. And it was painfully obvious to everybody in the arena that that wasn't really Paul Bearer. Right. Because he's one of the most recognisable guys in the history of pro wrestling. <laughs> yeah. So imagine WWE trying to pass that off. And I just think if they tried that now, A, yeah. cell phone footage would be all over the place. And B, the fans would totally, even in, even in the least smartiest WWE crowd, uh, and I, you know, I'm, I'm talking like flipping Hydro uh, live event crowd, you know, they would, they yeah. would, they would reject it. But, you know? they, but the person who is playing... <laughs> Roman sleeping... Where's Paul Bader? Um, but I just know the person, if that was to happen now, say it's like Paul Heyman or something like that now, and it's like not, it's like a stunt double, mm. that person would blow up online. Everybody, mm. he would be, he would be looked at like Hook in AEW. You know what I mean? Like, like, like People love him and he's done nothing. You know what I mean? Yep. Like I love, I love when you see things online with like Hook standing on the outside looking at CM Punk and people like putting on online, you think you're special. <laughs> my way video because I couldn't build up to this big match because like, you know Punk's going to run through Team Taz I just yep. hope he hits hook at some point God. yeah now here's a question and we will get to the live event because that's the gist of our big return here episode 70 who do you think will be Punk's first loss because I've got to say I've enjoyed everything he's done so far I think everything has been impeccable uh, I, I, I've kind of warmed to the fact that all out he wore his jammies I like that he remembered his pants for the for the, for the, for the Hobbs match um, but and I liked the Hobbs match. I thought it, the only thing that brought it down was the fact that that crowd had seen Brian Danielson versus right. Kenny Omega. But I think objectively, it was a really great match, and it was great pacing. It was, it was great to see Agreed. a different type of Punk match. It was great to see the elbow drop again, which I don't think he used against Darby Allen. No, he did not. Um, no, but um, uh, so like uh, the, the the easy question that everyone asks is, who do you want to see Punk wrestle? And the answer is everyone, right? Everyone who we right. can get. But who do you think should be? The first loss, clean or otherwise. I mean, it's. I mean, CM Punk is the biggest name in that company. Mm-hmm. So I say he beats seven, eight people in a row, gets a title match, and then Kenny beats him. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I just think that would be a good way to kind of initiate because he is the top star. It's different than Brian Danielson because yeah. Brian Danielson he can lose. He probably he would probably rather he lost every single match and still be okay. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm, I'm sure Punk could be too, but I mean I'd be daft. But um. Yeah, I, I think this... it's probably going to go down that way, if I'm honest. Um, but you're right I about have, the jammies. Yeah, I just feel like I have this idea that in a couple of years' time, let's say, let's say the belt's gone from Omega to Hangman to whoever, right? Let's say Omega, um, let's say Punk ends up world champion at some point, right? Which would be cool. 
Mm-hmm. So by the way, can I just say, see if he was world champion, I would want him to take one of the studs out the back of his strap, like the old WWE champ. Never when he had the WWE championship, it had one of the studs missing in the back. No, I didn't know that. You know the bits that clip the belt yeah. together yeah. before they started using Velcro. <laughs> before the Velcro. <laughs> it was like that. And I remember when I went to the live event the same day I met you, the night you wrestled Ryback in the main event, uh, and I was in the second row. Uh, I remember seeing the missing stud and marking out for it, but no one else seemed to get it. <laughs> anyway, so that, I was digressing. I had this idea that, that Punk becomes world champion, he has a decent reign, and he f- loses the belt to Darby Allen. Yeah. The story, the story tells itself, right? What Full a story. circle. And what then Punk, Punk loses clean to Darby. And it could be like this downward spiral that Darby's never managed to get over that loss to Punk and this big mm. redemption story, and he finally does it. I mean, that's like New Japan, yeah. everybody's crying in the audience sort of stuff. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Then give Punk some time off, have him come back, be an absolute big heel. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. You've you read my mind. That's it. And you and you you can have like uh, an evolution of the Punk heel. I don't want the exact 2012 disrespectful that I, you're disrespecting me heel. I want him to be a different type of heel. All you wanted for us for, it was for me to come back and look what you treated me like and things like that, like a kind of bitter kind of guy. He should totally Absolutely. do that. I Absolutely. think so too. Um, but my God, we need to do a whole episode based on these like debuts and these big moments and stuff that's happened over the past two months that we've not really been here. Because it's, I was thinking about this earlier on, I actually tweeted it on our, our uh, Twitter, which is at the WC pod. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, it's without question that September 2021 has got to be one of the best months in wrestling history. I know, it's trust us to been, take that month off. <laughs> it's been, listen, it's been too much, we've not even like, too much to watch, we couldn't yep. record. It's yeah, been I, unbelievable. I, this is the, folks, we're recording the the day, two days after Extreme Rules. I've still not, I'm still catching up with the previous Dynamite and Rampage right. Grand, uh, Grand Slam. So I haven't watched Extreme Rules yet. It feels like such an afterthought, but I hear it's good. But, you know, but yeah. to your point, there's been so much. Not only just like good shows and stuff, but big moments, like big, mm-hmm. big, big moments that we've not even chatted about. So uh, maybe it's a YouTube thing. Maybe it's a future episode thing. I don't know. Um, but it was funny. It's a nice wee segue into the to the show we're going to talk about. But I was um, I was looking at old pictures and stuff from like old live events and stuff like that. Just randomly recently, I was like cleaning out some space and stuff, and I stumbled across a picture that made me laugh. And I thought I need to tell that on the podcast because we were going to talk about our first live event in eighteen months. Right, the mm-hmm. first, the last one we went to was in March of twenty twenty, literal days before the UK announced a lockdown, yep. which seemed to be which at that point was just a TNA pay per view, but then became a a real, uh, a mm-hmm. real downfall of the whole year. Um, so we went to a show in Glen and I on on March, I don't know, sixteenth or something, two thousand and twenty. It was at the Pavilion Theatre. Um, yep. Two thousand people packed, sold out. We had a great time. It was very apparent at the time that you know COVID was happening and stuff. We might not have another show for a couple of months. Little did we know it would have been eighteen months, which is ridiculous. Um, and that was fine. So then we go back to the Hydro. It's a WWE show. Glenn purchased tickets for me for my birthday. Very kind gentleman, a great friend. Uh, I really appreciate it. And not only was it any seats, but it was third row. We were so close. Um, I should just point a- out why how that might happened. Like the the show had been obviously as many things were rescheduled like a bunch of times, and I think a lot of people had just opted for the refunds because one of the things we noticed when we got in is that it, there were lots of empty seats. Yeah, you know, for yeah. a WWE show, and I think a lot of people just aren't ready. And so the, the thing that baffled me is that if you go to any WWE live event, not just in the UK but all over the world. The first two rows are the VIP seats. That's where you get your meet and greet. That's where you get your wee gym bag full of goodies. 
and you you pay like close enough to four figures for that entire experience and you know you know it's it's you know two excellent excellent seats you get a meet and greet and all that um you know we were like a few centimeters behind those people who paid that much and we paid a fraction of the price and for our third row seat i paid like a punter's ticket so you know it sounds like i really forked out here but i didn't yeah and i I, so i really appreciated of like that because i would never even look because it's always like so expensive you know what i mean Mm. but the fact that there was some available it was a very wise move to go for that but just the thought of like we always talk about it here the the wee things that we notice right i'm sure we're going to get into it but like walking in and like seeing the ring for the first time and seeing the stage and getting to your seats and stuff that's always a big thing so i've got this really cool video on my phone of glenn walking into the hydro and seeing the ring for the first time i'll post it on social media this week oh do Um, that yeah and it's, it's really cool and then I was thinking, I was looking through these old pictures and stuff, and I saw a picture of me from a live event in 2009, right? Right. So this, I think it, was, it may have been 2008, but I'm pretty sure it was April 2009. I'm pretty sure it's the one that Jeff Hardy wrestled Matt Hardy in the in the co-main, and I believe it was Undertaker and Triple H versus Ted DiBiase and Cody Rhodes, right? I think that was the main event. Ted DiBiase and someone else call back. And uh, yes, so mere days before this event, was the first day that I started wearing glasses, right? So I'm known as like a glasses wearer. You are, um, yes. And and for like a little bit before that, I was still in school and stuff. And I was like, God, oh, I'm struggling to read the board and do these things. It's like a distance issue. So I went and got glasses. Maybe so this say this event was on the Friday. This was on like the Wednesday. And I wore them to school and stuff. And I was like, it's like this novelty. You know what I mean? Like, oh my God, I wear glasses now. Like, what the hell? So I was thinking, oh my God, like I'm going to go to this, this WWE show at the, at the Brayhead Arena at the time. And I'll get to wear my glasses. Like, not that I can remember that I had issues seeing the ring before and stuff, but just it's like a nice wee bonus. I'm going to have my glasses. So I put my glasses in my bag and I didn't I didn't have them on until I got there. I get into my seats to the Brayhead Arena and this is like April 2009. And uh, I go, okay, here we go. This is, I'm going to see everything in like 4D and it's going to be like, it's going to be like I'm there. And my dad had to tell me that I was there. And I was like, shut up, dad. Uh, so I reach into my bag and here we go. I got my head down. I put the glasses on for the first time. And I wait for this amazing moment where I'm going to get like goosebumps and stuff and I see the ring for the first time. And I lift my head and all I see is the honey monster. And I was so confused and I was like, what is happening here? I thought this was supposed to be WWE. As in sugar puffs. As in sugar puffs, right? The, 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 the cereal, sugar puffs, the honey monster. And I was like, my, my dad told me he was taking me to WWE. He's probably taking me to some sort of carnival or mm-hmm. something. And I, I, was, I was good. But it turns out the honey monster was the official sponsor of WWE in Glasgow 2009. <laughs> so you got to see the real Honey Monster in flesh. That's incredible. The, the real Honey Monster, the first time I put my glasses on, was like the Honey Monster was standing right in front of me. And maybe I've got this maybe he always was there, Chris. Maybe he was always with you and you only could see him with know. the glasses. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that hid a monster from me. I once was <laughs> lost, but now I'm found. I'm blind, but now I see. Chris is beautiful. This is your spiritual homecoming. And I think, really, there's a little bit of Honey Monster in us all. And don't you right. just think that on Wednesday in the Hydro, perhaps the Honey Monster was there with us too? In I would like Instinct. to think, because, I mean, we were, we were third row. He may have been up in the rafters. He may have been under the ring. He may have had the VIP experience. But I'll tell you what, the Honey Monster, whoever was in the mascot costume, was taking pictures with all the fans. So I've got this picture on my phone, or on, my, on my laptop, of me, my wee cousin, and my neighbour Paul standing, uh, the three of us are wearing matching Undertaker t-shirts that we bought from the merch stand, standing with the Honey Monster. And I, it was like the first picture I ever took of myself with my glasses on. 
That's amazing. That. And do you reckon it was probably like Epico that was <laughs> under the gun? <laughs> I hope so. I hope that. You know? It's mean, crazy, crazy the fact that like uh, I may have had a picture with like a wrestler, I just don't know who it was. You know I mean, what I mean? They're not going to get hire an external guy just to come out and dress up as the honey monster. That was one hundred percent somebody on the main roster who's referee the costume. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and we've got stuff to say about referees tonight, don't we? Let's do it then. Um, but yeah. but I'm going to say, I like to think that this is a thing that spiritually happens in Glasgow all the time and I just love to think that maybe the Honey Monster wasn't with us but perhaps up in the rafters somewhere where they were hanging <laughs> off the rafters hanging there's, the rafters. there's some little boy or a little girl or whatever just puts on their glasses and they turn around and there's this big horrifying thing <laughs> that looks like Ric Flair exploded or sorry Redacted exploded Easy. you know um, I just uh, love it. I hope that's a thing. You know what I mean? Like it's not just me. It's like that's what happens. It's like something extraterrestrial. Where it's like <laughs> you put your glasses on for the first time at any gig. It can be really? panto, it can be a concert, it can be an educational show, or it can be the wrestling. And there's just someone in a costume standing in front. <laughs> that's saying, you know, oh, on my way brilliant. before I met you, I bought, but walked into the before I met you, I went to the SECC. Uh, a site of a house show that Chris went to in 2002 on the same tour as the plane ride from hell um, <laughs> two days before the plane ride from hell I went to the SECC for a pee because that rhymes and I bumped into Wolfgang NXT UK wrestler who, who was just there waiting for somebody I think he kind of looks like the honey monster <laughs> does a bit great guy Wolfie did you say hello? I did actually kind of nodded at him and smiled and but she must have just looked really weird because there's this guy, this rosy cheek guy with his glasses on, who you know, a mask doesn't look like he belongs. Just going, thinking he was the honey monster. I'm not gonna go up to him and go, "I'm a wrestling fan." There was like, like how many thousands of them there? Um, but you know, we we should we should talk about the night because you know, for me, I got there first. It was a very wet and windy day. I took a cab into the hydro, and it reminded me of uh, an event where I went to the. Eat also at the Hydro, I think. I think it was maybe that 2015 show where Cena wrestled Rusev. Yes. Um, the aggressive flag waving. Aye, and I went and I went there with Jamie uh, in 2015 because they're like Rollins wrestled Orton in the main event. It was a great, great show. Um, uh, and um, I remember getting into the taxi and the guy was like, oh, "Where are you going, mate?" And I was like, "Oh, the wrestling the WWE." And he went, "Ah, mate, I don't know. I think it's all a big con, by the way." And I just <laughs> went with it. I was like, "Really?" <laughs> Nah, and so I remember like <laughs> tweeting at the time, being like, "I'm in shock. This man is telling me that wrestling is a work." Um, but thankfully, this cabbie was 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 a nice guy. And uh, when I, when I got there, I phoned Chris to say, "Listen, there's this huge queue going into the building, but it's moving, so I'm not going to wait in it because I I hate when people like jump into queues when they haven't been waiting. So I'm just going to wait for you." And then I got off the phone and I just heard, "All right, Mister Fraser." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there was like two of my pupils there in the queue. So I had a quick chat with them and their mum. It kind of almost turned into an impromptu parents night. Um, and that <laughs> was fine. About, about these essays and the homework that you've been marking. They're <laughs> for a nice time at the wrestling. I know, right? Um, and so, and then I, I meet you. You you acknowledged my height. You acknowledged me. Uh, we weren't acknowledging any Samoans that night. I was going to say, I acknowledge me. <laughs> we would if you were bloody there, Roman. Um, <laughs> we uh, would as well. I would bloody well would have done. I, you know, I'm a big believer in booing the heels, but I can't. I can't boo Roman Reigns. No chance. Um, uh, so I, I, we, we, we got into the venue. And do you remember the the, the panic I had about my phone charger? Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, Glenn brought a phone charger to a WWE house show. 
and it's like this it's an extendable cable as well it's a really long cable like i've got it in front of me it's, it's a, a longer than average so it's perfect for choking somebody um and you just think of hyper security as the kind of thing some idiot would throw into the ring i brought right. it by accident because i had it in school um and uh, and i'm panicking and i'm panicking and so we get searched and i just have it in my hands and the guy just doesn't take any notice of it you know that, that video online of like the it's like a meme it's like a security guard letting people into like a live event or whatever it's like a concert or whatever and like the guy i don't know if he's like an older guy or whatever but he's like not even checking anyone <laughs> like, like the hands are like grazing like very little like the side of someone's jacket and stuff and that he just doesn't care it's kind of like that he was like yeah you've got a charger find them just don't throw it at the ring <laughs> Um, maybe he thinks because it's all fake that there's That's no way right. maybe it was anyone. a taxi driver maybe it was that taxi driver quite who's possibly got it all out. and so then um, um, then I uh, picture. I've just I've just said this in a message oh my god this, he's jacked the, the cookie monster's <laughs> jacked and there's wee Chris with his glasses on and some really that dodgy the looking first guy time. in the corner <laughs> I wonder who that guy is and, uh, and, and yeah Mate, that is definitely like that's Hunico, I'm telling you. Or super crazy. <laughs> that's exactly that's exact a bit of a super crazy. That was the exact spot that Jinder Mahal was standing in uh, two thousand thirteen and I was sitting like right there where that other guy is and he was like st- like standing right underneath me. Jinder Mahal future hydro main event. <laughs> yeah. We have never um, seen Jinder Mahal main event in the Hydro twice. But please carry on your uh, your story. Um and so Chris and I we we get in and we it's and there's like I I know you were a bit anxious about going there and I guess I was too but I, I maybe it's because I'm in schools all the time I, the crowds didn't really freak me uh and seeing being amongst all the buzz and the hydro didn't really throw me either so we kind of had a quick glance at the merch and then went for a drink and you know I'm always I knew there was going to be a chance I was going to bump into kids there but there was always like. There's still always this thing that you kind of want to keep your your social life and your work right, life separate. And you certainly don't like it's it's not a big deal if a kid sees me buying a beer, but it's like you still it's weird, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so it's a school night. I'm I'm buying my my one of two <laughs> beers I'm gonna have, right? Yeah. Um and <laughs> uh and so I'm there, and it's just that literally we we buy like a a, a Foster's and a cider for you. And we, I turn around with both beers in hand, and there's like, Mister Fraser, enjoy the show. <laughs> okay, <laughs> then. Okay, the game's a bogey, and and that actually continued because the next day in school, I I had other kids coming up to me saying, "I saw you. Here's a photo I took of you from no afar." Way. Yes. Um. And uh, oh man, I know, right? So, uh, but I don't care. I I I really like. This is why. I remember when we started the show, there was this discussion. I don't know if it was a bit with you or if it was me and Kate talking like about, you know, will it be a secret? Will you use your real name? And I was yeah, like, yeah. I don't, I don't know what message that sends if I'm hiding this thing that I'm passionate about. You know, I, I want exactly. kids to see somebody taking something that's niche or maybe not the coolest thing in the mainstream of sense and and and, and indulging in it. And so be yourself and 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 own it. And so like I'm I'm I want to. I want to appeal to that alternative kit, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I know what you mean about the kind of like uncoolness of it and you, you, you don't want to shy away from it because as I say, I was at a concert the other night. I went to see McFly, right? One of my favourite bands to listen to. I grew up listening to them and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. You were the, just the right generation, weren't you? Yeah, absolutely. Age range and everything, right? So I, uh, at one point, I went to get a drink for me and Iona and I went over to the bar and I just ordered drinks or whatever. And then like the guy behind the bar was like, so uh, <laughs> are you a big McFly fan then? Like really condescending, you know what I mean? Like who would you I mean look at you at McFly? 
And I said, yeah, yeah, I do. I've always liked me fly. I grew up listening to them. I still love listening to their new stuff. And like this is like a, one of the like a bucket list gig for me. Mm-hmm. And then the guy next to him says, "Oh yeah, Chris has always been into a variety of music." And I was like, first of all, how do you know my name?" Is <laughs> I wearing like a name tag or something? Turns out I went to school with a guy um, who was just happy to be working there, Ross. So it was nice to see Ross. Mm-hmm. And we started chatting and stuff like that. And he kind of backed me up. And I think the guy felt really stupid, like the guy who was kind of being condescending and stuff. He was almost like, also, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. How stupid is he? Like, pick your audience. If there's one place that you don't want to pick on people for liking McFly, it's at a flipping McFly concert, for <laughs> God's McFly sake. Which That's like a guy at the bar at the Hydro on Wednesday night last week going, I do you know that wrestling's all rubbish and fake. I don't know, by the way. I don't know, by the way. Oh, big con, by the way, mate. I think they're, I think they're having you on. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's, let's talk about it, because obviously, yes, you said I was a little bit anxious about going. It wasn't necessarily about going to the show, because I was really excited, and, you know, it's just, I just hadn't I had a busy week, as I was saying. I just hadn't really thought yeah. about it yet. I had a really busy work week and stuff, and I was wondering. That's like the stress of it, you know what I mean? I wanted to go over the stressful stuff, just like I'm sure you were the same. And, and and then get to like the enjoyment aspect of it, you know what I mean? Like this, this we've got a night out, we're going to live wrestling, and we've said this countless times on this exact podcast. There's nothing like live wrestling. Do you know what nothing. I mean? It's, it, it's oh. our favorite thing to go see live. We just love it. Um, we can go, we can have a laugh, we can like sit and really take it in. We can enjoy the atmosphere. We can cheer. We can, you know what I mean? It's just the best part. You can go to a cinema or a theater or something like that, and you can have a great experience. But um, there's something about live wrestling that just is my absolute favourite, and that's why I'll continue to go um, for years and years and years. I'd like to think you would be the same. So it wasn't necessarily I was nervous about going. It was just because like I'd been to the football before. Like like recently, I went to the football on the 19th of August, mm-hmm. and that's 50,000 people, but it was outdoors, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So it was like there's always been this thing. But this is the first time I was in a big, a big room with a big lot of people. I mean, I know it was a very high ceiling, so it was, it was quite well air-conditioned and stuff like that, but still yeah. just the unknown. Um, but I mean, everybody. Well, most people I saw were wearing masks to and mm-hmm. from their seats. We mm-hmm. sat down just like it would be at the cinema. We sat down, we took our masks off, we put them on to go to the toilet and get a drink or whatever. We played it safe. I did not feel unsafe at any point. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt just like normal, obviously, because the fact we're so accustomed to wearing masks now, it didn't feel anything out of the ordinary, you know? And my God, we just had just had the best time. We had so much fun, not because it's live wrestling and not because it's this. I mean, we had great seats and stuff. Just because it was like a night, like we had a night out together. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And it just so happened that it was during the week and it was the first time, it was the first wrestling that we'd been to in 18 months, you know? And I'm assuming you felt the same. I did. And, you know, no better way to do it than get do it with the smackdown brand mostly um you know which is is one of the hottest programs in wrestling right now it's definitely in the top two or three um and it's i you know in case in point i'm kind of jumping all over the place here but uh and i want to go back to the kind of before the show but you know in that first match which was the street profits versus otis and, and gable um, with with referee Charles Robinson, can Mate, I? Add- we we that was the biggest cheer we did the whole night. We popped, we marked out as the Smarks would say for Charles. I couldn't believe he was there. It was so great to see him, and he's a good looking man. And see when you're that, <laughs> see when you're that close to him, it's you know you you it's 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 just nice. And you know I am um, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, it's true. He's a this, lovely looking, he's man. A very handsome man, and and um and he keep he looks after himself. You can tell. You can tell. And, and so running. I, I remember when that match when when that match happened, that first match, and the crowd were so buzzing and the kids were and yep. God I love it, seeing how happy the kids are at these shows, man. 
um, the kids are so buzzing, and there's and you appreciate every little thing. You appreciate more than you do when you watch a match on telly. You appreciate um, like facial expressions and and the little things like the way Greg Hamilton was selling it all from yes. his seat as well. Talk about that. Yeah. And, and like, I just kept saying to you, I am so happy. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, I couldn't. I was ear to ear smiling, like I had a upside down coat hanger rammed in my mouth and i was just in such a joyous mood and that that level of ecstasy dips a little bit naturally like all adrenaline rush is doing but i still had this level of like intense enjoyment like the the the, the entire night um, but before we go into specifics of the show I, I i should also pay tribute to my neighbor not chris Moffat, who sat to my left but the gentleman who came and sat to my right um <laughs> i was like what are you talking about yeah, i was okay. like so I just want to point out that if you want to go to a wrestling show alone, that's, <laughs> that's fine. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's absolutely fine. And do you know what? If you want to, if you want to have a stab at talking to strangers, I mean, you've all got one thing in common, like the love of wrestling. You would think, um, <laughs> but that's fine as well. But here's my advice. First of all, speak in a way that people could actually understand what you're saying. Number two, um, don't you know, put parts of your body into my chair area. Number three, don't badmouth the best match of the night that the entire crowd was into just because you don't like women's wrestling. And so, like, this guy sits next to me and uh, he, he sits down and he goes, He was a chukhtar, you know, he was from... And then Glenn, Glenn may be exaggerating that just a slight... <laughs> And then he was like, "Hey, oh, smart down it on the next you now. I'm going now. Hey, oh, hey, Jimmy, like that." <laughs> no, he did not. He was. Oh he did you understand the word that he said? <laughs> but no, listen. I, wasn't sitting I, next to him. I don't want to speak disparagingly of the accent, but my point being is that if you're going to speak to a stranger in Glasgow, don't shout at me. I can hear you. You're right next to me, and don't you know, slow it down a little bit. And so, so we didn't really engage in that much conversation, especially after the the Becky Lynch Bianca Belair comment, um, and that that was that was that. But uh, you know, so thank you, neighbor, because you you gave me a healthy perspective on what a good wrestling buddy is. Yes, and I'm not talking about the stuffed animals here. Was he? Was he there himself? I think. Well, he did know somebody who shouted on him, and he went and spoke to him for a bit. That's but, right. Yeah, he, for all intents and purposes, he was there himself. There's a picture on WWE.com of Becky Lynch in the ring, and you can just see him standing there because he stood up for most of the show, even though he's about 12 foot tall. I know. So, Yeah, that's the other thing as well. Like, Usually at these moments, I'm more than happy to stand up and cheer and sit down and stuff like that. But I'm also, you know, we're, we're, again, we're tall people. Um, we like a chair, like, like the other night at McFly. I was standing yep. dancing to the great tunes, but, you know, every so often, we'll take a wee break. Um, mm. But we also knew our audience as the performers that Glenn and I are. And we knew that right behind us was like a family with their kids. So we we sat down for 90% of the show. Because mm-hmm. if we stood up, those kids ain't seen anything. You know what I mean? Yep, um, so it's about reading the room, as always trying to say here. We get to our seats and stuff like that, and that's fine. Um, we take our masks off, we're getting comfortable, we're seeing the surroundings and stuff. And I was, and we were looking around, and like the, it was quite, it's not that it was empty, but there was lots of like seats right up the top that were, that were still free and stuff. And I was like, I wonder what's going to happen here, because... It, the show's meant to start in five minutes and there's not many, you know, there's mm-hmm. still lots of empty seats. And then uh, all I, the lights kind of dipped a little bit and all I had was Tony Chimmel's voice, who <laughs> unbelievably it wasn't there. That would have made it. Um, but he he introduced Greg Hamilton, who I love. I'm a big Greg Hamilton fan. 
ever since the glory days of NXT, he was like the ring announcer and stuff like that, and that was fine. Yep. Um, but there's also this great video on WWE's YouTube channel of like, I think the title of the video is literally, Why Greg Hamilton is the Greatest Ring Announcer of All Time. And it's like a day in the life vlog of Greg Hamilton talking about how it's really important to have your hair perfect and to have the best foundation on your face and mm. to have the bow tie tied perfectly and things like that. And it's so great. And it was just one of those, I was like, you know, those kind of wee moments you kind of like fall for someone. You're like, okay, that person's really funny. I really like that person. You become a fan, you know? Um, it was one of those moments. So it was really cool to see him. So that's just another thing we noticed, and we were talking about this as well, is the wee things like Charles Robinson being yep. the referee there and seeing Jessica Carr, which I think was the first time that a female referee ever refereed a match in Scotland, I think. Like, for certainly, WWE, for, anyway. certainly for WWE, yeah. Uh, no, I think you're right. Was she was she in the NXT show in 2015? She may have been. I don't even think she was with the company at that time. Mm. Um, but I th- in fact, I don't think she was. I think she came in at the May Young Classic in 2017 because right, she yeah. did that with yeah. uh, Aubrey Edwards, who, of course, is like number one official in AEW. Um, mm. But Jessica Carr's great, and it was really cool to see her. Absolutely, and yeah, and that, that, that's cool. And this is the thing, that's what we do as passionate wrestling fans, is that yes, we love it when we see a Seth Rollins or a Roman Reigns or a Drew McIntyre, but when you're that deeply into the product, there's these little niche things that you love, you know? You, like you're you, talking about the, the belt thing with punk, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. You kind of mark out for those little things. And I mentioned it earlier, but the entire show, folks, the eyes were not on Greg Hamilton during the matches, only during like the, the announcements. But he sat there and he didn't sit on his phone. He didn't, you know, just chat to the fans around him. Uh, he didn't, you know, twiddle his thumbs. He reacted to everything. And he was like, oh, and, it, you know, he really sold it when a heel did something dastardly and the fans were going, ref, turn around. Greg was going, Charles, turn around, turn around. Look, yeah, look, he's look. shouting at the ref. Yeah. Oh, yeah God, he's and, so and he sold the whole thing. And I just love that because he knows that there's probably a good chunk. I mean, a good chunk of kids there that probably really buy into the, the illusion. And yeah, you know, I, you, don't want to ruin, you don't want to ruin Christmas for everyone, right? Right, and and the best example of that is later on in the show, uh, we'll get to it, of, of course, eventually, but um, it's a tag team match, and it's Rude and Ziggler versus Ray and Dominic Mysterio, right? Mm. And Ray and Dominic <laughs> are about to go for the 619, and Seth Rollins' music plays, right? And and mm. it's I, I just don't think it happened on any other point of the tour. And that's another thing as well, the fact that Greg Hamilton's reacting to everything. He's seen mm. the same show four nights in a row, yeah. you know what I mean? But he's still reacting to it, whatever. So then Rollins comes out, and the, and the other referee, which was his name was Jason Aries, Aries, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to pronounce it. So he was the ref for this tag match, and Rollins come, comes out and stuff like that, and who obviously is not supposed to be there. And the ref, Greg Hamilton, and like the timekeeper, stagehand kind of guy, the three of them are like going off the nut. They're reacting as if, what is Seth Rollins doing here, ruining this match? This is ridiculous. And they were like, the three of them were like trying to figure out what's going on. They're running around the ring and the stagehands like checking his earpiece and Greg Hamilton's like throwing his hands up in the air. And it was like a proper theatre performance. And I loved it. Like even the ref was like coming over and asking Greg Hamilton, like going to someone talk to the back and find out why Rollins is here ruining this match. And it's just things like that, like wee things that maybe someone in the back row would have noticed. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And you know, I think for me as a fan, see after CM Punk um, left WWE, and did the art of wrestling and talked about how grueling the European tours were. And we've all heard the wrestlers talk about how grueling those tours traditionally have been. But, um, and, and and what that 
gave me was a, a a certain sense of guilt about the shows, you know, about yeah, going there. Yeah. But I think it's different this time because A, it's post-COVID, so they've nowhere been near touring nearly as much as they once were, even though they have started some live events. It's nowhere near as much as what they were doing before the pandemic. I don't think they ever will go back. Yeah, that, I hope it stays like that because, I mean, I Tony Khan so said that in 2019, like, house shows are a little bit outdated at this point to the point where making people be away from their families five days out of a week is a little bit harsh. You Absolutely. know what I mean? And so I just... I got the impression that for the guys and girls on the roster, that it was actually quite a fun novelty doing a UK tour. I'm sure Absolutely. it was exhausting. I'm sure it was grueling, but it's not as if you're doing that and then flying straight back to America and then doing another six nights. And, and you know, back then, before the pandemic, a European tour meant really, to quote Darren Young, no days off because you, you, you would miss your, you would miss your break, <laughs> you know? <laughs> to quote Darren Young. Oh, I love it. Um, you're right, and and it was almost like they'd be away from their families for two weeks, and if you were the last day in the tour, and they knew they had Raw the next day, you'd be like, I'm sorry lads, let's just get this over with. <laughs> Absolutely. But, but I'll tell you what, we had a great time, right? But the number one thing that I noticed from the whole thing is that the performers, just, I don't know what it was, maybe it was because it's post-COVID or whatever, they, they just seemed to be having a ball. And maybe, and maybe really it was because we were we were sitting so close. Maybe and I noticed like their facial expressions a bit more than normal and stuff. But all of them were just like laughing away to themselves, making comments to each other in the front row. And Greg Hamilton and just having a laugh. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. It was one of my favourite shows I've ever been to for that reason. Right, I know. And so should we talk about um, Potty Mouth Otis? Yes. So let's talk about the matches. So the first match, opening of the match, opening of the show. Sorry, was uh, the Street Profits who had the first entrance. And don't you love that? Even when you're watching wrestling. Who's the first one out? You know I what I mean? Know. I love that it's, stuff. I love that. And uh, do you know what? The following SmackDown featured um, 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 Montez, Ford Montez Ford versus the the, the Chief, Roman Reigns, uh, and uh, the head of the table, right? And in this incredible main event, which was huge for Montez Ford. And A, that in being in the Hydro, you could tell how adored he is on an yep. individual basis, that not taking anything away from um, from his partner. But um, you could also it also made me feel that little bit more connected to the main event of SmackDown. The, yeah, because you had that moment with him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so they were first out. I love that tune. And then it was uh, the Academy, the Alpha Academy, Otis and Chad Gable. And it was as soon as the match started, because obviously you're seeing them do the entrances and they're doing their poses just like they would do in any show. But, you know, if you're sitting in the back row, then the match just starts and then you're just watching the match. Nothing else yeah, about yeah. it. But when you're that close, when you're third row, you're on the ground and you're looking directly in the eye of a large man called Otis. Mm-hmm. Um, you notice not only, we're going to talk about Otis here individually, but all the wee things, like the way they were like calling the spots to each other and communicating yeah. with the ref and being gentle with each other in certain aspects and just wee things like that we really liked. But yes, please continue with Potty Mouth Otis. Well, it started off quite quite tame. And it was just a wee giggle because it's he would it, like Montez Ford would do like a cartwheel or something really speedy or or agile, and Otis would just go, "Oh, he's fast!" Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a fast boy. He's fast. Oh, yeah. He's fast. And then and then it became and should I not swear so you don't have to do the edit? I'll just not. I'll not. Swear. And, unless we unless we make this episode explicit, this one episode. <laughs> no, I, I don't think I don't think I want to because that's 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 not what we're about. So I'm okay. going to replace it with the word shot. Okay. Okay. There's a word that's the swear word that sounds similar, and I'm replacing it with shot. And Otis went, "Oh, shot! He's fast." 
<laughs> he just talked to himself. It's not as if he was shouting it, but he was loud enough for us to hear. We could hear him. And he's like, he's like, he's like, holy shot, holy shot, slow him down. He's fast. He's quick. <laughs> And we're like, oh, it is. And like, I, well, it wasn't just us. Like a few other I people. Was shooting his PG. Like, a few people around him were going, Otis, Otis, mate, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> so things like that. That was that. It's just wee things like heckling the wrestlers and stuff. That just the things that sit with you. You know what I mean? Like I know absolutely. Otis just made me laugh. Uh, but that was. And you know, what I loved it about that match. It was such a panto tag match. Totally. It was so good versus evil. And I'm sure, and I, I know for a fact because of the people sitting behind us that like. Maybe the people are bringing their kids because they wanted to go see the wrestling, and they mm-hmm. don't really know much about the characters and stuff. Like, and they, you might not know who the baby faces are and who the heels are, but it's it became, so so obvious in that first match. And it also became evident that night that some of the kids brought their friends who weren't really into wrestling. So there was a lot of there was a lot of people getting inducted to the WWE into wrestling. That I love night. that though. We'll, we'll come back that. to we'll come back to that when we start talking about the Mysterios and you know, uh, you know the way, like when, when you want to show someone like wrestling for the first time, you'd maybe show them like WrestleMania or something. But I just love the yeah. fact they brought his pal. You know what I mean? You've never seen wrestling before. Let's pay like fifty odd quid for this ticket. You know what I mean? Fun fact: When I was at MacGyver Town Hall, um, seeing the fake Rikishi in two thousand and three. And the Dudley boy, um, I, <laughs> I, um, I brought I brought my little cousin Kyle, who who now is 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 a is a man in his late twenties, but back then was just a little boy, and um, he um, he was under the impression we we're going to Monday Night Raw. <laughs> he thought the Rock was going to be there. <laughs> it's like we're Devon. <laughs> Exactly, <laughs> boy. Right, so the second match of the show was Kevin Owens versus Happy Corbin, and uh, I was t- telling Glenn as well. Baron Corbin went from being, as I used to call him, the human fast forward button, and I got that because <laughs> uh, Conrad used to call Jeff Jarrett that, and now he's got a podcast with him. Yeah, um, and. It's just that I just love how things can turn around. You know what I mean? Yeah, never say never, man, in pro wrestling. And you talk about epic wrestling returns. You know, Punk, Danielson, Adam Cole showing up in AEW, Edge and Christian returning to wrestling in the last two years. The biggest return for me was the return of Baron Corbin's lovely belly button. <laughs> That's right. Happy good. So it's Baron Corbin who's now doing this like rich guy gimmick, right? The music and stuff. Corbin comes out, cuts a promo, and says it's great to be back in England. And of course, Brilliant. that like brings heat and stuff like that. Brilliant. Um, Kevin Owens comes out, plugs inside the ropes, which we I love. Know. Now talk about just to just to digress quickly. Talk about how much it meant to wrestlers. You can feel the sincerity, and I know quite a few of the inside the ropes guys were there in that night, and so it it's it, uh, you feel happy for them because like. We've patronized them so much over the years, and it, it you know they feel like our boys, our team, our our local brand, and so it's nice to to feel to, to know that he, this this huge megastar hasn't forgotten that he was supposed yeah. to come here. You know, it was also like Drew when he mentioned ICW and stuff like that, and then like Finn Balor came out and said that's your sell and things like that. Just like we things, like, they're just having a they're having good a good time. You know what I mean? Like Kevin Owens coming out, you can see whatever he wants. He was like, because the story is everyone who's listening. Um, the, the Kevin Owens was supposed to come do one night Q&A spoken word show in Glasgow with Inside the Robes in March of 2020. I think it was March anyway. Yeah. And um, and it got postponed, obviously, for COVID. And so this was his first time back in the country. Not only was it with WWE, but he was like, not only was it like that spoken word tour cancelled, but it was in Glasgow. Mm-hmm. So he came back and he, you could tell, I mean, Kev's just a great guy, though. Do you know what I mean? 
And I know there's all this speculation about him, like he's not going to resign, he's going to go AEW, and I'm sure that's going to be great. And I even said back in the day, if Punk is going to come back, I don't want him in W, I don't want him in AEW, I want him in WWE where he belongs and stuff. But now I'm like, okay, I don't care, he's amazing in AEW. Yeah, he's Punk. But sorry. he's Punk, exactly. And Kevin Owens is Kevin Owens, it'll be Kevin Steen elsewhere. But I kind of want him in WWE. You know what I mean? Like he's one of our guys. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I I like the Kevin Owens character, but um, he'll be great wherever he goes. If he is, goes yeah. anywhere, you know. But you know. Uh, it was good to, and and this was another really fun, relatively short, but you know, good guy, bad guy, clear hero here, and uh, yeah, that's that's what I'm gonna say about his belly button. Yeah, so Corbin took a shirt off, and we we uh, I don't know if we were happy or were we? Ooh, we were happy, Corbin, for the belly button. We but Baron Corbin. Corbin has a wonderful belly button, and I just you know, it all started in 2015 when we were at the NXT show at the Hydro, same building. Uh, it was a great show, main evented by Finn Balor versus Sami Zayn. Great, great, great show. Apollo Crews wrestled Joe, I think, that night. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, um, Baron Corbin, I forget who Corbin wrestled. I think um, it was Neville. I think it was Neville. He did a, I, a random show. Yeah, that NXT. was a cameo because Neville was like the main roster guy returning to NXT, you know. Um, yeah. And a guy behind me, because we were, Jamie and I were like in the eighth row or something for that show, and a guy behind me shouted, Baron, your belly button's pure weird. Now, I don't think that's fair. I think you are... Everyone is beautiful, and I think it, it, it provokes a bit of a giggle in the audience, and I think it was just nice to see it again. That yeah. Baron Corbin's belly button was indeed happy Corbin. That was fine. And then we had the first half main event, brother. It was Becky Lynch defending the SmackDown Women's Championship against Bianca Belair. And these matches happen all the time. You know, on uh-huh. house shows where it's like the pay per view match, they're gonna have like a warm up match on the on the tour to kind of feel each other out and get their chemistry sorted and stuff. But usually it's like maybe ten minutes and it's clear victory. Or whatever. This was a good twenty odd minute match. It was it was brilliant because you kind of when somebody's away for a while, you wonder right. when they come back, can they still go? And for obvious reasons, Becky was away for a while, and. Uh, and obviously, the, you know, she wrestled very briefly at SummerSlam. It was like a few seconds. So you kind of wonder, is she actually ready to wrestle again? Um, although now they're saying that she was you know, ready at WrestleMania, but she, they chose not to use her. Whether or not that's true, we have no idea. But, um, you know, this was, a, this was like Becky Lynch of old. Bianca Belair is in her absolute prime right now. Uh, and it was a great match. But the thing that really struck me is that the subtlety of the gradual Becky heel turn has really been lost in Glasgow. Glasgow does not do subtlety. So no. they still thought of Becky Lynch as in 2019, the man Becky Lynch, as she was getting cheered like more than Bianca, which baffles yeah. me because Glasgow, out with TV tapings, has this long history of going straight down the line. In 2006 through to 2012, when John Cena was getting booed out of every building in the country, he was always getting profoundly cheered in the Brayhead Arena, bar none, no exception. Everybody cheered John Cena. Doesn't matter what. You know, you could have put him up. It was like, it doesn't matter if it was RVD at one night stand. If that match had happened in the Brayhead Arena, Cena would have been cheered. And it's it's the same principle. So it really, really shocked me. But, I, you know, it was still him. a you know, great, great experience. Yeah, I, it was a great match and it definitely matched the night. But what I will say is that I think Becky is probably, other than Drew, the biggest star on the show. Definitely. Right, 100%. and I, I, I would also say that if Roman Reigns was there, yes, he would have been booed a lot more, but there would have been loads of cheers from too because he's such a yeah. big star. And yeah. I think it's Glasgow, wherever you're going else in the UK and stuff like that. 
people are just excited to see you. Yeah, you know true. what I mean? Um, they're going to boo Otis and Chad Gable because they're less exposed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, but yeah, we, have, we all know Becky Lynch. Yes, Becky Lynch, we love Absolutely. you. And it feels special because she hadn't wrestled on TV, not including SummerSlam, you know. Yeah. Uh, so it, it does feel like a, a big deal. Oh my God, we're going to see something that no one else, apart from people who had gone to the yeah. UK shows, had seen. And it was that. You it know, was the first time you and I had seen a wrestle since, you know, before COVID, you know. Absolutely, and um, you know, obviously, we've we've seen extreme rules now. Well, I haven't, but you have, and so the the world now knows what Becky Lynch wrestling looks like. But we got to see them perfecting that, yeah, you know, and that that was a real. I felt honoured as a wrestling fan to see that, um, and I wish Sasha was okay to be in the tour. I would love to have seen Bianca and Sasha wrestle, but you know what? I'll take this any day of the week. Yeah, Bianca and Sasha have just unbelievable chemistry, and um, I think Bianca and Becky have got really good chemistry too. And I can't really? wait to see these triple threat matches. That was a great match. It was one of the kind of better matches that I've seen in a long time live. So that was lovely. Then we had the halftime show. We'll wrap this up quickly. Then we had the uh, we had the, the the popcorn match, as it is usually called. Rude and Ziggler versus the Mysterios, which was lovely, as I said earlier on, interrupted by Seth Rollins. Then the one and only Finn Balor made the slate the save. Teddy Long did not show up, but it became a six-man tag. Can I um, just um, chime in with the fact that it was during this match that two amazing things were overheard by Chris oh, yeah. and I in the audience. So ju- before Rollins crashed the party uh, and we had uh, the Mysterios uh, you know, in action against Ziggler and Root, I'd mentioned that there were these, these kids behind me, you know, little boys who were there with parents and maybe one or two of them didn't really know wrestling and were just there for the social event of it, which is lovely. Wrestling connects us all. And uh, we just heard one of the kids going, is Rey Mysterio the one in the mask? Think about that for a second. Think about how well-known and beloved Rey Mysterio is all over the world. You know what I mean? And I know that he was away from WWE for a bit, but come on. But he has (laughs) an enduring legacy. But but my favourite was when Finn... (laughs) When Finn Balor came out and and everyone was going, you know, that entrance. Yeah. Uh, uh, This same wee boy, I think, behind us went, with deadly serious, like, not not a joke. He went, is that Roman Reigns? (laughs) (laughs) I love that, the innocence of it. And can we just talk about that as well? I mean, there was one point, I was obviously in the opening match, and the, as you said, the, like, the energy and the excitement was, was there when Otis was swearing and stuff, and just like the Street Profits were like having a laugh with them and stuff. Um, but just the excitement, and the kids were just going nuts, and and like we were just having, we we're just laughing, openly laughing, because we were so happy. Yeah, it was I mean, it was, it was so lovely seeing everybody having so much fun together, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so there you go, and then the main event we had, oh, by the way, seeing Finn Balor there after that run on NXT and then seeing him live so cool absolutely um, and then the main event we had the Glasgow street fight and it was Drew McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal uh, I said in the April or whenever it was 2017 show that I hope this is the last time that I ever see Jinder Mahal main event at the Hydro show as he wrestled Randy Orton um, right before Battleground or whenever it was or Backlash or whenever he won the title and I was wrong because I saw it this time. And my God, I was thinking, I wonder what type of reaction Drew's going to get because, like, Greg Hamilton was, like, saying him his name earlier on the show promoting and stuff. And it wasn't, like, this big, overwhelming, you know, cheer. It was like, yeah, Drew's here, whatever. But my mm. God, when they backpipes hit, that was a pop, ladies and gents. And they turned um, the music up to 11 for that entrance, you know? I love that. I love that. You could they used to do it all the, the time. And, like, Brayhead used to do it all the time in the main event with, like, Cena's music and Ray's music and Taker's music. It just felt louder. And I just love it. Like, someone's turned it up and went, that is loud enough. And then when in the main event, they've made it full blast. 
So Drew Drew versus Jinder in a Glasgow street fight. It was just a simple no-holds-barred match on a house show. But again, the two of them, they're clearly really good pals. I know Jinder was like at Drew's wedding, mm-hmm. you know, um, just having fun together, having a great laugh. Obviously meant so much to Drew. You could see it in his face. He was getting emotional and stuff. Um, oh, God, it was so cool to see that match. It was lovely. And then, you know, the match was what you expected it to be. It was, it was you know, a relatively quick affair. There was candlesticks and tables and the fans loved it. Drew's family were ringside not too far from us. And, you know, it was nice to see them sharing that moment with him, something that he hasn't done since before the pandemic. And I feel like we've all followed Drew's journey and his emotional journey since then and having to go through WrestleMania 36 and being so detached from from not just his family, but everybody, from the fans, from the WWE universe, as we're now, as we're known. And, you know, the the celebration afterwards was was is widely publicised on WWE.com and on their social medias. Uh, all the babyfaces come out to have an I Am Brew beer party. I got a giggle out of a guy in the front row when I asked Shinsuke Nakamura to down it. And by the way, you forgot Shinsuke versus Apollo. Oh my God, so I did. Forgot about Shinsuke but, and Apollo Cruz. That's really disrespectful. Uh, so, so intercontinental match. It was it was good fun. Um, and so all the babyfaces, you know, Stuart Prophets, Bianca, like all the good guys came out uh, and, and enjoyed I Am Brews. Highlight the show for me. Yeah. Highlight the show just because... Um, which is it's such a you don't get that on live shows. It's the sort of thing you get when you're there at the house show and you're there like just for the audience. And um, mm-hmm. I don't know if they did that at the other three nights of the UK tour. I don't know. Uh, it don't could have just been so. a Drew call. You know, I actually think the Bianca and Becky match was the main event on the other shows. Um, mm-hmm. But Drew, Drew and Jinder went on last because it was Glasgow. And yeah, they all came out. Corbin came out again. Kevin Owens stunned him. They all drank Iron Brew together. They cheers the crowd and they were talking about ICW and all that stuff. And and then Shinsuke, which is something hilarious and wholesome about Shinsuke Nakamura, a Japanese wrestling legend, holding mm-hmm. a can iron brew. Like, it's just, I don't know. Rey Mysterio was live streaming the whole thing on his phone. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, Happy Corbin gets gets his bottom handed to him, as we say. Uh, gets Takes a few finishers and everyone is, is sent home happy. And man, happy is the word. Not happy as in Happy Corbin, but happy as in, I felt like the, it was almost like a homecoming and you know, for you and I, having started this podcast at the beginning of this pandemic, often speculating when we would ever get to do live wrestling in any capacity ever again, right? And if it, it would be a case of of how many years would it take? And and here we were in the hydro, you know, reconnecting not just to uh, wrestling, but to our memories of wrestling and other live events, and 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 sharing stories. And it was so much more than just people in a ring. You know, it was so much more than that. It was an emotional experience. It was, yeah. It was profound and, uh, you know, you can say what you want about the WWE product and, and throw all the valid criticisms at it. But for one night in Glasgow and I'm sure many other nights in the UK tour, um, you kind of forget all those bigger objections to the industry and you just enjoy what it is supposed to be. And the whole corny tagline of putting smiles on people's faces, it makes people wince. But by God, is it true? You know, my face was sore the next day. We just, yeah, we just had so much fun. And the, the good thing about it was it wasn't just us that had so much fun. You know, like you could tell the performers were having fun and other people around us were having fun. And like, I don't know if they were having a grueling tour or not. The weather wasn't great, but it's Glasgow. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, just, they looked as if they were having a good time. And that just, that connected with me the most. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's not a chore for them. Like they're happy to be here. And that's like, it's like going to see a concert and then you can tell they're having a good gig because like they're just mm-hmm. feeling it, you know? Um. Yeah, it was such a good time. 
And it won't, it'll be a while till we see live wrestling again because they're actually not coming back in November, which is understandable. It's not as if I'd be there. I mean, I guess I maybe would be, but um, I know it's pretty soon. But they're doing a UK tour, but it's just England tour. Mm-hmm. There's only eight shows and it's all in England. But, you know, um, there's there's talk of the 2022 pay-per-view. So, I mean, there's yeah, something that we can slam, consider. Yeah. I don't know. I've got to think about that one. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, God, it was a lot of fun. And it was uh, lovely to chat about it here on the Wrestling Connection. We're back, ladies and gents. Uh, we're still to discuss in terms of like scheduling and things like that, whether we're back on a weekly basis or not. But we'll definitely be back on a more frequent basis than we have been. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, be yeah. like, you know, it'll be long. It'll be less of a br- uh, gap than what we, you had before. So if you've stuck with us and you've listened to us, hope you've enjoyed it. Catch up with us next time because we might do some of our classic segments. Yes, the segments are coming back, ladies and gents. Next time on the Wrestling Connection, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the WC Pod. The same title in both headings and both handles. Hallelujah! And remember to subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back, ladies and gents, here on the Wrestling Connection podcast. <laughs>